Benvindo, everybody, to the Win or Learn podcast, a podcast that follows our journey in the art of jujitsu. We'll discuss our wins and lessons and have special guests that we meet along the way. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Isaiah. So let's roll right into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our third episode of season two. Today, we're going to talk about a most recent competition that we had locally. We were fortunate enough to attend and kind of support our teammates and watch them compete. We had a good group of uh, athletes who went. Again, it was local, so I think it's a little bit easier for folks to go somewhere that's like down the road versus traveling across the country with that, like with that's something our professors and our coaches do. Let's talk about what it was, what happened, how we felt, and some other things that are that might be coming up this year. So Isaiah, do you want to open us up with what we were doing, who this was, with who we were competing with, and all that? Yeah, for sure. So this specific event was hosted by IBJJF. So for those who don't know, that's the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. So that's pretty much the top, I would say, the top tier when it comes to competitions in Jiu-Jitsu and all that. Definitely. And it Very was cool. our first one in our metropolitan area in about the last two, three years, I think is what one of our coaches had told us. Probably because of the pandemic, they had shut down. They hadn't done one in, in our area. The, the restrictions because of the pandemic were a little bit more strict until recently. So this was our first local competition that we were able to attend. That was an IBJJF competition because all the other ones have been smaller organizations like Fuji or PBJJF. So those were a lot smaller competitions than an IBJJF. So we were really excited at the opportunity to go see an IBJJF competition because everybody at our gym had told us before that that was like a different level of competition, a different level of jujitsu and a different level of athlete that attend these, uh, these events. And that's for the most part, that's what we witnessed from our first experience with the Fuji one. You know, everything was, we thought at the time now, I think if we go back to the recording, we did say that it felt like really fast. It felt like the level of jujitsu was like really high. But then I think, I don't know if this is true for you, but while sitting there, I felt like this was like ramped up even more. Like it kind of made the Fuji one feel like, I don't know, like in comparison to like a college football game. And this was like NFL. <laughs> like to make Definitely. A- I think IBJJF sets, they're the standard. I think they're the gold standard for jiu-jitsu competitions a hundred percent you see it in the uh in the way they organize for like how the fights are run i know we were we talked about the athletes and the level of athletes yet the athletes that go are next level a hundred percent they're not like the local ones like fuji or pb and nothing wrong with competing locally i think competing locally is really good for people who are beginners and i think one of our first competitions whenever we get there is going to be a local one just because it's easier for us. We, we, we really can't travel because of work. And also it's, it's smaller. It's a little bit smaller scale. I think IBJJF, there's a lot of pressure. And when I spoke with one of our uh, athletes who was competing, one of our teammates, that's exactly what he said. I think, do you remember him, Isaiah? Yes. He, I remember exactly what he told me. He said that this is the most pressure he had felt in any, like leading up to any competition And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was IBJJF, but also on top of that, the added pressure that it was a home tournament. So I think that was added pressure, just the fact that it was our first local one in a long time. And I feel like the academy kind of put that pressure on the athletes as well, because I remember leading up to it, that's the first thing they said. They're like, oh, like, we want as many people to go because we want to bring back, you know, we want to place, uh, as, you know, overall academies, we want to place high, like we want to have, you know, medals to bring home and stuff like that. So I think there was that added pressure that, and especially since like half the academy was there, there was so many people there from the academy that went to go watch. And then from our sister academy too, that's close by as well. 
So I think that was just like an added pressure to it that everybody that I think the fighters had that like in their mind that everybody was there watching. But overall, I, I really liked the experience. Like you said, very organized, very quick when it came to getting fighters to their mats, letting them know what mats are going to be on. And the time that they said that they were going to fight was exactly the time that the fight started. And if it wasn't at the exact time, it was earlier. Exactly. There was one fighter on our team that he his fight kept getting delayed. But I just think it's because they didn't have anyone in his bracket or something like that. Yeah. The person was late or didn't show up or something like that. I don't know. So they were like trying to find him people to fight. And so they kept pushing his time. But one out of the many athletes that we that were there, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good a pretty good yeah. ratio of like and late to not late. Exactly. And compared to our first one, I feel like every fight was late. Like every fight was 10, 15 minutes later than yeah. what was listed on the brackets. So that was also really interesting. And they were kind of just like letting people know the mat like as it went. But IBJJF has everything planned out on their website beforehand. So yeah, you like know, days in advance. Yeah. Exactly. So you know days in advance what mat you're going to be on. Oh, I don't know if it's days in advance for the mats, but I think the day of, it's like hours in advance, you know the mat. But you know who you're competing against. And, yes. Yeah. Days in advance, you know who you're competing against. But when it comes to um, the exact spot, the exact mat, they let you know like a few hours before the fight even happens that what mat you're going to be on. But I thought overall it was a really nice experience. I really liked being there, you know, supporting our teammates. And I don't know if you want to get into a little bit of like what the results were and what we saw our teammates achieve that day. Yeah, so overall, we competed under Gracie Baja, which is obviously it's it's a large a large academy. There's many schools all over the country. But specifically for this event, I believe I didn't see anyone else besides our academy and our sister academy, which is like down the road from us. Not, not down the road, but a couple of minutes away from us. We're in the same state. So basically, overall, we placed at fifth in Gi, which is pretty good considering we had probably like a total of close to 30 athletes. And there was a an academy there specifically that they had over 200 athletes. So they really came and like competed in every level, everywhere, any which way, at every open, Gi, no Gi, all of it. And they just took everything. They blew everyone out the water because just because of sheer volume. What was really surprising is that even though they had that sheer volume uh, for Nogi, we still came in third place. And in Nogi, we had a little bit less people compete. I don't actually remember the number of athletes that Grace Baja had in terms of how many people competed for Nogi. But with such a smaller academy to place third, that really means quality of fighter versus quantity of fighter like that other school. I, I don't remember what the school name was, and I, I'm not going to share it anyways, even if I did know. But the quantity obviously overwhelmed, but the quality of fighter, I think, showed out at the end of the day. Almost all of our athletes either got first or second. There was a couple third places in there. But I mean, that's that's really good. In my opinion, that's, that's an amazing result. That's kind of what you want to see when you go to these things. Yeah, and I think it's a good, uh, a good reminder of the type of people that we're training with. I feel like we're training with people who are at the highest level possible in their, in their respective belts and their, in their respective ranks. One of our coaches, she's a brown belt. She double gold again. And then a couple of weeks after we went to this IBJJF Open, they went to the American Nationals in Las Vegas. And she 
almost quadrupled gold over there. She got three golds and a silver, which is incredible. And then our professor, I think it was the same thing. Professor Thiago, he, he was on our show last time. He got, I think, three golds and one silver as well. So almost a quadruple. And I think the uh, the silver he earned was a closeout, if I don't if I don't remember correctly. If I remember I remember it wrong, Professor Thiago, you can let me know. I know you listen to our podcast, uh, but I think it was a closeout fight. So it was with another teammate of his and they just decided to close it out at the very end. So again, it just, it's a good reminder of like the people we're training with are, are no Joe Schmoes. They're legit competitors in the national stage. So it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing to, to know. And one thing to I want to mention before we continue is the fact that our coach, who's a brown belt, these are her first few competitions in brown belt because she very recently got her brown belt or earned her or her brown belt. So for someone to make that jump and continue dominating the way that she was in purple belt and to con- you know jump back in and continue doing it in brown belt is I think a testament of her talent, but also the work that she's putting into, you know, on a daily basis. I think that to me, that was really impressive to, to witness. And then, you know, what happened after nationals as well. I thought that was just insane. Like it's crazy that somebody could be uh, so good at something and same with professor Tiago. And like you said, I think we, our Academy in specific, I think had 12 athletes for the IBJJF open. And I'm about 99% sure that everybody won a medal either first, second, or third, everybody brought home a medal. That was really impressive to see, like we were talking about, the level of athlete that we're, that we're training with. It's inspiring at some point to, to see them accomplish these things and go out and do great things. I think we even discussed this, and this kind of like digging into the next point, but being there and seeing all this happen and seeing, uh, you know, supporting the team, for me, it made me feel like, because I think recently, I haven't mentioned this, but recently I've been kind of like on the fence of if I want to compete or not. And I think I mentioned it to you, but I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast just because I see the speed of everything. I see, you know, all the things that could go wrong. And sometimes like, I don't know if I want to put myself through that and then have something possibly go wrong and get hurt. But then I talk to teammates and stuff like that. And they're like, no, like I get, you know, somebody in specific told us, I think, I, I can't remember who it was, but that day but they told us that they get hurt more in training than they do that they've ever gotten hurt in, in a competition. And, you know, it would be nice to go and contribute to the team and bring something home. So I do think about it like that as well. But then I also think like, man, like what if something happens out there? But I think that day kind of made me lean towards wanting to compete just because it's something that we've never done. And I feel like I can't knock it until I've tried it. And that's a good point. Yeah. I think it's, it's different to say it than maybe when I'm in the moment. But if something like that were to happen, I I think I would be not okay. Not obviously like it would suck, but I'd be okay with it happening if, you know, if I'm trying something new, um, like, you know, if, I don't know, for example, like my toe breaks again, like, okay, like sucks. But at the same time, at least I can say that I went out there and I did it. You know, I'd be proud of myself for at least trying it. It's funny that you mentioned the toe breaking. I was, when you were mentioning all this about specifically this IBJJF Open that we went to, mm-hmm. one of our black belt professors from our sister school, I'm pretty sure he broke his toe. But yeah. everyone was like, no, it's dislocated. It happens often. And I was like, okay, but his toe looked a lot like your toe. And this was in the yeah. middle of a fight. And we were standing right on the side, right on the barrier. So we saw it happen like live action. So I don't know, he was limping afterwards and it looked kind of, you know, funny the way it happened. 
Um, just so, like you said, when he got up and he, we looked down at it, it looked exactly how my toe looked when I broke it. That's not a thing. Like the, the toughness to literally, they called the medical team over. They just yanked it straight, taped it up, and he finished the fight. And something like that, I feel like I have to look inward and kind of be like, man, like, am I willing to do something like that for this? And I think it's different at that point as well because, you know, he's a black belt. He's, you know, I think he, I'm pretty sure he does this like full time. But at the same time, if you want to be successful, I think you have to have that level of commitment, that level of toughness to the sport. And somebody posted last night, I saw a story. I'm pretty sure you probably saw it too. And I think I reposted it about how the mats don't lie. And sometimes you have to test yourself. And sometimes people don't like who they are when they're on the mats because it, it forces you to reflect on who you truly are as an athlete, as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and as a person. And it, you know, it forces you to keep your ego in check. And I think you know this, you know, I'm a very competitive person and I feel like the competition experience would be great for me just because of the fact that I've kind of come to terms with who I am on the mats. And I think at first that was hard for me to accept that I wasn't the best or that I wasn't dominating, but looking back at the competition and then reading that post last night, I'm like, man, I think it would be great for me to gauge where I am because we do train with so many people who are very talented. So I think it's hard to get a, a gauge of where we truly are just because there's so many people who are so dominant in our gym and who are very good. And usually the people who we do roll with, if you know, we are not rolling with each other are the people who are dominating, especially one person in particular that I'm thinking of right now, who's a blue belt. I had the, uh, the privilege of rolling with him in GB2 a few weeks back. And it's a different level of, you know, of a fighter, of athlete. But all this to say that this kind of made me reflect on why we're doing this. And I feel like for me, it would be, even if I don't win, even if I don't take a medal, it would give me a, a sense of fulfillment, I guess we can say, that I'm working towards something. So I kind of came to that conclusion that if I don't compete, what am I working towards? And I know it's also to get better and to improve, but also I think I would like to have that kind of benchmark of like, okay, this time I was here, next time I want to be here. So, and I think that's one thing that I would love to have for myself. I don't know if this, this is true for you. Um, you know, everybody's different. Everybody trains for different reasons. But for me, I think I would love to have it as a benchmark. And if I don't like it, maybe I won't do it again. But for my first one, okay, this time I didn't, I didn't get any medal. I lost my first match. Next time, let's win a match. And then after that, let's get a medal or X, Y, Z, you know, whatever the steps would be. But I think good for me, that's how I look at it, that I would like to have it as a benchmark. I feel like that's something that would make me feel more fulfilled, I guess you could say. And something that would make me feel more, I, I guess it would be a way to quantify how far I've come in jujitsu. And I think that's why maybe it's like the, the scientist side of me, but I think I want to quantify like my progress. And I think that'd be a perfect way to do it. I agree. And I think I also had the same kind of feelings leaving that open. I was a little concerned for myself because I remember watching our new professor, Professor Junior, and how he was when he was fighting. He this this guy is he's pretty big. And when he was getting thrown around there and like getting put onto the mat or he was doing the putting onto the mat. Oh, my gosh it sounded like a gunshot when people would land on the mats. And I was like, I don't know if my back can take that kind of impact. 
and then kind of that doubt kind of creeps in and, and then I, I, I'm not even sure if I want to compete anymore. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is yet. I feel like I, I would want to try it at a smaller level. Like I mentioned earlier at a local level, again, IBJJF is its own animal just because people travel for this. Like, like our professors and coaches travel for IBJJF opens. Therefore it means other people out there probably travel to DC for this open. So you're really competing against top tier athletes who are out here just like Thanos collecting infinity stones, basically. So yeah, at local level, I feel like it's more like people who are nearby us and not really looking to compete, but not really looking to, you know, dominate an IBJJF or trying to build up to dominate an IBJJF. I feel like at a local level, I'll be able to try it out, see how it fits. And then probably make a decision from there. Definitely open to try, but hesitant to try. I feel like our professor is knowledgeable enough. Obviously he is to kind of say, Hey, yeah, I think, I think you're ready for this, or I don't think you're ready for this. And I'm sure he'll be honest with us as well. And I would appreciate his honesty. If he says, Hey, yeah, I don't think, I don't think this is, this is where you're at yet. And then, I mean, then you kind of take it from there. Then you either say, Hey, I want to get to that. What can I do? Or you say, okay, cool. I'm just going to keep coming and we'll see how it, what happens in, yeah. in a few months or, or a few years. Yeah. And I think recently, you know, some things still do happen, but after that, I want to talk a little bit about what he did. So I really appreciated this gesture from him. He was like, next time I want you guys out here with us. And after he took, we took our team pictures and everything he brought us over and we'll probably post a picture eventually with, um, you know, on our Instagram account, but he brought us over with, with his two gold medals. Like one of you hold this one, the other one hold this one. He's like, use this picture as motivation. He's like, I want you guys to be here doing this next time we come out as a team. That's another thing that kind of motivated me. I'm like, I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's ego or arrogance. I don't know. But I was like, okay, if he's telling us this because he sees something, like if he's pushing us and he's telling us that he wants us to push harder because we can compete, it makes me feel like, okay, he sees something that maybe we don't see in ourselves, but maybe he sees the potential for us to be able to maybe not obviously not to be like the best or anything, but to contribute something to the team in the form of a competition. So I, that's what came to mind to me. Maybe it was just a way for myself to make myself feel better, but I would like to think not that maybe, you know, he did, like he does see something and I don't think he would tell us or push us to do so if he didn't think that we were able to accomplish it. And I think that's something that comes along with the sport that you could, you really are going to accomplish what you put into the sport. And which is why I'm grateful that recently we've been, I think training more consistently, I guess I can say, I feel like we haven't had a week where we haven't gone. We've been going at least two to three times a week consistently for like last month since the competition, really we've been going consistently like two to three times a week. I feel like it's time for us to start pushing. I know we've said it a few times, but I feel like, especially once we get healthy, you know, you're still dealing with your wrist stuff and it's getting better and you should hopefully be getting cleared in the next few weeks. So looking forward to that, you know, hopefully we can start going to GB2 again. Once that's cleared up, I would love for us to be able to, you know, actually start pushing and working towards that. If that's something you want to do, I know that's something that I want to push towards just because somebody did tell us in that day in the competition she came up to me. She's like, you're never going to feel ready to do it, 
you're never going to feel good enough to do it. It's going to take somebody to push you into doing it. And then you're going to start liking it or you're not going to like it. But she said that that's what happened to her. That she didn't want to. She wasn't sure. She felt like she didn't, you know, she wasn't good enough. But then she got pushed to do it. And then she did it and she liked it. And she was good at it. And, you know, now she's still winning medals. And now she's a blue belt. And I think that's one thing that when she told me that, I was like, I think you're right. Because I feel like when it comes to stuff like that, the pressure, you don't want to willingly accept it. Sometimes the pressure has to be put on you for you to go out and do something. So I think that kind of follows like with what professor told us as well at the end of that. He, or I think it was coach. I don't remember who told us, but somebody told us sign up for the next competition, just do it. And then that's kind of your goal. You have something to work towards because if you're not signed up or you're not committed to something, you're never going to really do it. So it leaves the door open for us to like think about whether we want to sign up for one. And then it kind of helps us work towards something. And then that also helps professor be like, okay, I need to have this person ready by X date to go out there and try and win something. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a great, a great conversation that we could have with professor next. Now that I'm just, you know, brainstorming here, but maybe that'd be a good idea to sit down with him one day and be like, Hey, like we want to compete. What's on the schedule what date do you think we could be ready by? And if he's like, I don't know, just an example. I don't even know if there's a competition going on around this time, but like, if he's like, Oh, October, like second week of October, you know, I want you guys to compete that day. And then he's like, come to GB twos, come to competition class. We'll have you ready to go by then. Like if it's something like that, I feel like I would feel committed to be like, okay, I'm going to be here. Cause I think we've both kind of developed this, level of discipline i think that when we commit to something like that we're gonna go through with it and i think that's been something we've developed in our jiu-jitsu but also you know our our fitness training that if we give our word like hey we're gonna be here we're gonna do this we're gonna do it we're gonna follow through with it like we're not gonna back out last second i think that's one thing that that's a discipline that we've developed i think in this last year that now if we give our word with something we're gonna follow through with it so I think she might be right because I think it was the coach who told us that. I think she might be right that we need that that set date in mind that would be like, okay, we have to be ready for this day. And I think that would motivate us to to push ourselves a little bit harder than we have been. All right. So overall, I think we've determined that we don't know about competing this year. We'll keep everyone posted. We might look into signing up for for one just to see if we get the ball rolling and see if that can help us or that should help us kind of get motivated to meet a certain goal. I think for sure, well, for my speaking for myself, I want to try it at least once. And we've been saying that in the past episodes, we want to compete at least once. And then from there, I, I think I'd be ready to make a decision whether I want to continue competing in the future or call it a day and just not compete and just grind jujitsu in our gym, which I think is, it's perfectly fine. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just up to who the person is. And yeah. And I think that's one thing to keep in mind as well. Now that we're on this topic that not everybody is going to love competing. Not everybody is going to want to compete. You know, like we've said from the beginning, this is our perspective. Like this is something that we want to do, but we're also not saying that like, if you're starting jujitsu and you're not competing, like you're doing something wrong. I think everybody knows themselves, knows their limits and knows their capabilities. 
and if you feel like maybe that's something that you won't be able to do, then that's fine too. There's no, you know, there's no problem just going to the gym and, you know, cause I know I said earlier that for me, I feel like I need to work towards something and it's not saying like, I'm not trying to say like, that's just my view personally. I'm not trying to say that people who don't compete are working towards nothing. They're just working just to work. But I don't think that's true uh, because up to now we don't have a competition set, but we've been working towards improving ourselves, getting more fit. So there are other things that you can accomplish in jiu-jitsu, not necessarily in a competition setting. And we do want to do it. And that's our goal, but that's not necessarily everybody's goal. And I think that's okay too. You know, everybody has their own journey. Everybody goes through their own, you know, their own ups and downs. And I think that's important to embrace whatever journey you're taking, whatever path you're taking to fully commit to it and be, you know, content with what you're doing and what you're working towards. Definitely agree. All right. Yeah. And it's a a little, yeah. And yeah, we appreciate everybody for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. See awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Our episodes release every other Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe on the platform of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and more. Thank you again for listening and us. Us.